Hello and thank you for joining us for this uh, time in the Word today. I'm going to continue with some things I started yesterday uh, because I want us to understand what, what has been provided in the gospel and what Jesus has actually done in setting us free from sin and setting us free from the constant awareness and the constant guilt of sin. Now, I want to encourage you that, especially if you are uh, always feeling like there's a weight of sin around you, and if you're always, you come to church and you just feel more under sin, and, and, and you don't ever seem to be getting free from that, and hearing, well, you've got to repent, you've got to repent, you've got to repent. I want to encourage you to listen to this. Uh, because I want to show you what happens. And I want to show you that God's desire is for you to come to a place of complete freedom from the, not just from the sin itself, but from the weight and the burden and the guilt of it and the constant awareness and consciousness of that sin. Um, now, I'm going to be covering this over a couple of days. I do these Monday to Friday. Uh, so, again, if this is something that you're struggling with and you want to really get to that place of knowing what it is to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus and free from the guilt and free from the condemnation and free from the weight and the burden, I want to encourage you to stick with these teachings. Each 15-minute teaching, I only get to cover a little bit, one aspect of the truth. But I, these are all going to build and connect together because I believe God wants us to know what it is to live free and to, 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 to understand the true power of the gospel and the true power of the blood of Jesus and what it has actually done. God did not send his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the price for sin just to put us all back under the burden of sin and the constant awareness of sin. And in fact, the New Testament shows us that it is the law which stirs the awareness of sin. The gospel brings the freedom from sin and the cleansing and the understanding of what it is to live a life cleansed and what it is to be able to come to God without always feeling sin is issue between you and him. Many Christians are at that place where they feel like God is angry at them all the time. They feel like God is not answering their prayers or God is not listening to their prayers. Or they feel like they're unworthy or unaccepted to God. And some of them have been Christians many years or some of them are just new Christians. But they're being plagued by this issue. And it's because of what they are hearing in the church. They're hearing half the message. And we need to get this right. We need to get this fixed. We need to understand the, the message of the gospel is not just repent. The message of the gospel is what God does to your sin and cleanses you from your sin. Now, don't tune me out just because I said the message of the gospel is not just repent. I'm about to give you a scripture for that. Listen to the word of God and let's not preach half a message. Let's preach the full message. If we just preach half a message and we preach sin at people and repent of sin and we don't give them the rest of the message, we put them under an endless burden of the guilt and the weight of sin. And we create a law-based Christianity that doesn't bring freedom. Let me show you Luke 24, what Jesus said we are supposed to be pre preaching and presenting to people. Luke 24, verse 46 and 47 says this. Then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. I'm going to read the next verse, but notice that Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He rose from the dead three days later on the third day. Okay, we often say three days later. 
The message of, of Christianity, not just the death of Jesus, it is the power of the resurrected Christ and the resurrected Christian life. Many people, all they know is a death Christianity. All they see is Jesus on the cross. And they hear Jesus died for you. We need to hear Jesus was raised from the dead as well, because there is power in that truth. Now notice the next verse. He continues on and he says this, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. <clears throat> he does not just say here that repentance is to be preached. He says repentance and remission of sins should be preached. That's two things. That's two things right there. And I'm going to talk about remission of sins a little bit. I want us to understand what it is, because this word remission has got to do with the complete removal. Uh, and and, and you, as, when you put the full message of the New Testament together, it includes the complete cleansing from sin, coming to the point where God looks at you as if that sin had never been there. He looks at you clean. And coming to the point where not just the sin is gone, but your guilt and your consciousness and your awareness of sin is gone. That is the message of remission of sins. And I'm going to show you this over a few days, but I want you to grasp this part of it for today. So Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. Many people are just preaching repent, repent, repent. And then, you know, but what do you do? Okay, you repent of sins. Now, what do you do the next day? Many Christians don't know what happens next, so they just repent again. They wake up the next morning and they're still guilty. They still feel like, oh, you know, I repented of this three days ago. I repented of this two days ago. I repent, but, you know, I just still feel so guilty. But so they get back and they repent again and they get stuck in a cycle of repentance because they do not have the revelation and the understanding of the power of the truth of the gospel of what happens to your sin, what God does, what his side is, what the blood of Jesus does to that sin. Now, I want you to see this clearly. I want you to get an understanding of this because we're not just to be, to be caught under constant repentance. We ought to move past that. We ought to come to a place of freedom and we ought to come to a place of cleansing and knowing what it is to be clean. See, when you repent, God remits. God, there is remission from God. And I'm going to explain a bit what that, what that is all about, but I want to show you this again in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. And this is Peter preaching at the start of the church. It says this. Uh, now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, Peter here, he mentions both things as well. Repent, and he mentions the remission of sins. Jesus said that the message of repentance and remission of sins is supposed to be preached. Now, what is that word remission? What does it mean? Uh, it has to do with pardoning. It has to do with freedom. It has to do with forgiveness and release from the bondage or imprisonment of sin. But it also carries the idea of being free from that thing and brought to the point as if that sin had never been committed. Now, when, when, in other words, coming to the point where God looks at you as if there had never been a sin there in the first place. 
Now, I'm going to show you some things in Hebrews in just a moment. See, this word has got to do with freedom from sin, a release from the bondage of that sin. And part of the message of that is what I preached yesterday, the cleansing that takes place by the blood of Jesus. We need to understand this. We need to realize this and break this constant cycle of being, oh, I've got to repent, and then tomorrow I've got to repent, and then tomorrow I've got to repent. What happens after that? Where are we supposed to go from there? Are we supposed to 20 years later still be just repenting of the same thing and feeling like we're under it? Okay, no. What happens? At the cross, there is freedom. At the cross, there is release. At the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he didn't just cause the problem. He didn't just amplify the sin problem. He provided the solution. He provided the cleansing. He provided the freedom from sin. Now, there's two areas of this we need to understand, because the first part of this is when someone first becomes a Christian. When you receive Jesus, you are cleansed from sin. But what about once you are a Christian? What if you sin when you are a Christian? What happens then? Well, I want you to understand that the Bible basically shows the same thing happens. There is the same release. There is the same remission. There is the same cleansing available even afterwards as a Christian. See, some people say, oh, yeah, you know, I can understand. I was set free from my sins before I became a Christian or when I became a Christian. But then, you know, I've sinned since then. And so I've got to go back under the guilt of it. And I've got to go back under the, the constantly feeling bad. And God must be angry at me again. That is not the message of Christianity. That is the message of a dead, powerless religion that is not in line with the true gospel. The true gospel is a message of freedom and deliverance and cleansing and complete removal and cleansing the conscience, bringing you to a place of being able to live a life with God as if there had never been sin there. Okay? Now, let's look at the, the, what it says about Christians in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, if we confess our sins, and many people have heard about confess our sins, or we must confess our sins, or we must, yes, confess your sins, confess your sins, confess your sins. Now, what next? Again, they confess their sins, and then the next day they confess their sins again, and the next day they confess their sins again, because they don't know what happens from that point forward. They don't know what happens when they confess their sins. They don't know what God does and God's side of it. And they haven't got the revelation of, of, of God's side of, of this whole process. So we get caught up in a constant cycle. That's not God's plan. That's not what God wanted. That's not what the gospel and Christianity is supposed to do in your life. So this verse, he says, if we confess our sins. Now notice that's the last thing this verse says about you. That's you. That's what you do. Then it tells you what he does. It tells us that, that, that now God does something. What does God do when you confess your sins? Does he close his arms and say, no, no, you need to confess it another 400 times before I do anything? Or does he, does he look at you and say, no, that's not good enough. I, I, I'm, I'm still going to be angry at you. No, no, that's not what he does. Or does he, does he keep bringing it up and reminding of you again, again, again? No, that's not what he does. This verse says, if we confess our sins, first of all, he is faithful. Now, faithful means loyal, dependable, trustworthy. What is he faithful to? He's faithful to the blood of Jesus. He's faithful to the cross and the work that Jesus did on the cross. He is going to honor that work. When you confess your sins, God will honor the cross and what Jesus did. 
And in fact, Jesus himself, who is now seated at the right hand of the Father, will also honor what he did. Jesus didn't go to the cross and pay the price and provide freedom from sin just to go sit at the right hand of the Father and then put you back under and condemn you for sins. He paid a very high price. You need to realize this. He is going to make sure that the work that he provided is fully carried out in your life. He, he's, he is at the right hand of the Father, and he in the Bible says he is there ever making intercession for us. He is there as our high priest. He is making sure that his blood is honored in the throne room of God. In other words, he's sticking up for you. When you come in and you say, oh, God, I've been a sinner, Jesus, Jesus sticks up for you and he says, yes, Father. And remember, my work at the cross dealt with that. My work, my blood shed to provide cleansing from that. He's, he's not in the throne room as your adversary. He's in the throne room as your advocate. He sticks up for you. He speaks on your behalf and he reminds the Father of the, that the price has been paid. And so the judge of all the universe, the father, he will, he passes judgment. What judgment does he pass on you? Cleansed, free, not guilty. Why? Because that sin has already been paid for on the cross. That was what happens when you rely on the blood of Jesus. If you come relying on yourself, that's another matter. But when you understand the power of the gospel, you will understand that you get a not guilty plea past in the throne room of heaven because your advocate is sticking up for you okay it says <laughs> 1 john 1 9 he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins now that word forgive is a very similar word to the word remit it's from the exact same root when i said repentance and remission of sins is to be preached it is the word forgive forgive there has got to do with completely removing it sending it away in fact if you look at how that word is used you'll see it's got to do with two parties parting company and leaving each other behind they're completely removed from each other so when he talks about this in context of your sins he's saying you can become separated from parted from and you leave it behind god that is why i said yesterday and i'm going to say again jesus is the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world now stick with me i want to i know this is slightly longer i want to show you something here quickly in a minute or two because you need to get the the freedom from this you need to get the power of this you need to realize this now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on one aspect of this each day. So if you really want to understand what it is to be cleansed from sin, stick with me on these messages each day for the next few days. Today's Friday, so the next one will be Monday, but Monday to Friday. And I'm gonna, you're going you're gonna to understand what freedom is in a minute, <laughs> over a few days. And you get free from that guilt, free from that condemnation, free from that constant need to feel like you've always got to repent and God is angry at you and God is holding it against you. He is not. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough. So it says here, he is faithful and just to forgive us, or in other words, to completely remove that sin away from us, to take it away and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's what I looked at it yesterday, just to clean us. Now, I'll show you something in Hebrews quickly in context of this. Hebrews, over the next few days, I'm going to look a bit more at Hebrews, and we're going to give you some powerful things, but I want to show you something here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse uh, 18, 18. 
In fact, I'm going to read for you verse 17 and 18. But 18 is where I want to make a quick point, And I'll dig more into this in, in the next few teachings. Hebrews 10 verse 17 and 18 says this. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In other words, I'll forget it. I'll remember it no more. I'm going to cover that later. That's another truth I want to look at in depth. But verse 18 says this. Now, where there is remission of these, and these there means sins, where there is remission. Now, that's what we've been talking about, remission. We ought to preach the remission of sins. So he's about to tell you something about where there is remission. There is no longer an offering for sin. And what does that mean? He's trying to say this there, that when someone has been has had their sins remitted because of the fact that remission is the complete removal and as if you've never sinned. Now, the, why would someone need to present a sin offering? The sin offering is for someone who has sinned. And so, in other words, they bring a sin offering because there is sin. Now, this verse, he says, where there is remission, there is no longer a sin offering. Why would there be no sin offering? There would be no sin offering if there was no sin. sin. The sin offering is only necessary when there is sin. And when he says, if someone has had sin remitted, they no longer need a sin offering. Why? Because as far as God's concerned, the sin is gone. There is freedom from it. There is washing from it. Remission is the complete removal from sin. And so when you go, when you repent and God remits that sin and he removes it and he takes it away and he says, it's no longer there, it's gone. And then you go back into his presence the next day and say, oh, Lord, I need the blood of Jesus to cleanse me because I sinned. And God says, no, there's no, long, no longer a sin offering needed anymore because that sin is gone. Get that. This is in the Bible, Hebrews 10, 17 and 18. Where there is remission, there is no longer an offering. You don't need it anymore because it sin's gone. Many people. Now, some people, even though the sin is gone, still have the guilt of the sin. They still have the awareness of the sin. And even though God has forgotten it, we keep going back to him and bringing it up. We keep reminding him of it. I cover that in the next few times, but I want you to realize this, that, that, that there is also a truth in the New Testament of coming to the place of freedom from the guilt of sin. Not only does he remove it, but I'm going to show you how to get rid of the guilt and the condemnation and the constant awareness of it. That's coming in the next few sessions. So, but get a hold of this. Begin to understand he has remitted my sin. He has removed it. That means it's gone. And that means there's no longer a sin offering for that sin anymore. Why? Because the sin's gone. Sin offering's only needed if there's a sin there. If the sin is gone, then there's no need for a sin offering. It's gone. It's been remitted. Hallelujah. Let's get free in this area. Let's, let's, begin, to, let's begin to present to the, to the world the Christ who sets people free from sin. Let's begin to present to the world a, ch a church that knows what it is to be cleansed. We're not to preach people more under sin. We're to show them the path to deliverance and freedom and release from it. That's the true gospel. 
The true gospel is not half a message of repentance. The true gospel is a, a true gospel is a message of repentance and remission for sin. That's what should be preached, and that is what is often not being preached. Let's get this. Because you'll find incredible freedom. Now, I believe you've got a hold of this today, so I'm not going to keep going on about this. But let's begin to know what it is to live the clean life. To begin to be realized, I'm free from that now. It's no longer a burden around me anymore. And spend today rejoicing God that that sin that you've been confessing for, for, for years. Some of you, oh, you've just, you keep bringing it back up. You keep confessing it. I want to encourage you, get a hold of the fact that that sin I've been confessing over and over and over again for years. Realize today it's been remitted. It's gone. You don't need to keep confessing it anymore. You're free from it. You're cleansed from it. Now you can be free from the burden and the guilt of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you the glory. You did this, Lord God. We couldn't do this. The blood of Jesus did this. We couldn't do this. We couldn't free ourselves. from it. So you did it for us. And that's why we give you the glory and the honor. And we, we, we receive that. We receive this grace and the free gift that you've given us. And we appreciate it. And we thank you that we have been cleansed. And that sin has been remitted and removed and you have given us freedom from it. And we give you the glory and the honor for that. In the name of Jesus. Amen.